Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do about anything and everything property. So this week, we are, I think, going to start with Stuart's uh, adventures in finding your next personal property. And I think recently you had a you or you went to a, a viewing for a property that's actually just around the corner from from where I live and where I am now. That's right. And uh, had an interesting experience. So, yes. uh, do, you, do you want to start off uh, running through that? Yeah, we we shan't mention road names. We, we'll protect the innocent. Um, no, <laughs> as, as I know what's coming, I, I do fear that you could almost have been walking around my house. But, uh, but anyway, go on. You, you carry on. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty sure it wasn't because I, I I've, well I can see your house from uh, from the from the video chat. It um it was one of those viewings that just didn't start well. I think for for very reasonable reasons, the, uh, the vendor wanted us to ensure we were wearing protective clothing, which of course we were doing anyway. However, the both the estate agent and the vendor proceeded to show us around the property. But the challenge for us was it was a it was a four story building, and we're looking at a five bed because I've got four kids. And we want to give one of them, uh, the twin girls, their own rooms. And although it was a, a five bed, it was it's very hard to describe. But it, it was basically like a, a I can only describe as a prison tower because there was there was just zero space in it. The the garden, as as you know, in these areas, and, I, and I've lived on this development myself, so I can say this confidently. The gardens are, are very small, and you accept that for usually what you get as in terms of the house space, but. This garden was was still the three meters square that uh, that we would have expected, but the challenge was everything was just very tightly enclosed. Now, and you can imagine, we were greeted with once the door opened. The greeting wasn't particularly warm and friendly. It was make sure you don't touch anything when you walk around. That was so you don't feel particularly positive as a start. But all of the rooms just had various things chucked in them. So as I said to you before, uh, before the recording. One of the, the rooms, which I don't know, it was a couple of meters wide and let's say four meters long. So a, a, a small thin room, which they kind of had dressed as a, a living area, I guess. But it just about fitted a, a three seat sofa in it and then had a treadmill next to it. So if you can imagine, we've got the vendor, the estate agent, and then my wife and I walk around this property. It, we, we walked in and then you couldn't go anywhere and it was kind of like that was the whole viewing it was just shuffling around people and yeah when we came out of the property we gave some sort of instant feedback to the estate and said look that that probably would have been a lot easier without the vendor because i don't know how you feel but whenever i viewed properties and and i've i've shown people my properties before i did it for um, the studio flat but what i do tend to do is essentially just say there's the front door you go in you have a look around, do what you need to do. And if you've got any questions, you can come back and ask me so that you're not applying any pressure. Because as a as a potential purchaser, it does feel a little bit awkward because it's someone's personal space and you don't want to say anything negative. So there is that sort of little bit of awkwardness and you kind of feel that you want to be polite. What do you feel about that? I don't think I've ever been on a viewing where I've just been let loose in the property, except when the property has been completely empty. Obviously, there's properties that are for uh, auction and they're empty or where the the previous resident or sort of current owner or whatever no longer lives there. And those ones, I've certainly sort of been let loose by the agent at the front door and said, 
go have a look and come back when you're ready. And particularly with auctions, that's that seems to be the, the standard because often they're a, sort of an hour's slot and they've got lots of people turning up, so everyone's looking around at the same time. But I've had a very mixed sort of experience with with vendors, as in sometimes, as you say, they they seem a bit offish and and unhappy that you're looking around their house. <laughs> and this is before COVID times. I haven't actually done any viewing since um, since the the pandemic started. So that that can be a bit off putting when when the the vendor is sort of hovering around, looking slightly unhappy that you're there. But uh, also, I've had very very good. Um, viewings with with vendors present so you can ask questions which is always mm. quite good and they've, they've got the, the real experience without any uh, uh, spin from the agent and they're sort of happy to to tell you about different things and invite you up into the loft and things like that and sh- show off the the extra features that they're very proud of in the in their property and things and it, it can can definitely help i think and from my own point of view i quite like having a little bit of a, a sort of tour guide if you like around the property whether that's the agent or the or the vendor just because you can ask little questions and and check details on on things as you're going around mm. so I, I yeah i think i kind um, i don't know i mean when you're going around on your own you obviously have more freedom to sort of um linger and and really look at the details but yeah, I don't know. I think I'm on the fence. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, but I don't think it's an either or. I just wondered what your experience was in terms of vendors. So interestingly, and I just just remembered that we looked at another property on the same development, and that too was a was a vendor viewing, and that viewing was I would say much better. I mean, she just walked us around the house as you'd expect, and we asked the question. So I completely agree. Also, the other view, another viewing, just on your point around having a tour guide, I completely agree. We had a really, really good estate agent um, take us around a, another property. And, it, you know, I'm calling that out because we don't say it often enough, but he, he was really good, a young guy. And if I, when I, if I can remember the estate agent's name, I would share it. But what, what I really liked about him, he was just very calm. And, of course, the thing is we don't need someone to say, that's a toilet, that's a kitchen, because we know. And he kind of just said, like, obviously – you can see what the rooms are. I'll just, and I think he, he, he set the tone. He said, what I'll do is I'll just, show, I'll just show you around the house just to give you an indication of what it is. And he did that. He took us into each of the rooms. And if we had questions, like you say, we asked them. And once we got to the last room, he said, right, I'm just going to leave you here. I'll go back down. So at least you can just have a wander around and get a feel for the place. Mm-hmm. And it was really good. And we left, we actually went to view it the second time the following day. And he was back again. He was just so, so good. And that made a difference. I think for me, the vendor viewings can feel, like I say, just a little bit more awkward because what you don't want to do is, you know, put say anything disparaging like, oh, you know, car parking looks a bit awkward because <laughs> you feel like it's a personal affront and you don't want to upset that person. Mm. And finally, the, the second vendor viewing was a bit like that. The parking wasn't great. And bless her, she did her bit in terms of trying to sell the property to us in terms of, well, you know, it's great for commuting and then, you know, it was, so she did that bit. So, um, yeah, so mi- mixed reviews. I think it's more not necessarily the the personal or the situation. It's probably how how it's approached. Yeah, I think you're right. And as you say, you can actually get viewings that are sort of a bit of each. Um, and perhaps that's that's the, the best of both worlds. So you get a bit of a tour guide, someone who's happy to answer questions, but also some space to, to explore on your own. Yeah. So speaking of exploring, 
I think you have gone beyond this um, slightly awkward viewing and found some others, and you you have one that you you have as a, a preference. Have you actually made offers and, and progressed that far, or or you you just have a short list? Yeah, we we've kind of got down to a short list. We're, we're looking at new builds now. In fact, to be transparent, we did put an offer in back in September on a property, which was accepted. Mm-hmm. But then we've kind of reviewed it because it wasn't going to be ready until mid next year, which wasn't that wasn't the key reason. There were a few other reasons. But the the interesting thing I think to share and hopefully will be of interest to the listeners about us making the offers is that currently we rent. And obviously, because of this program, because of this podcast, we do own other properties. So I have um, property in limited company and property in personal names as well with my wife. And we have rented now since, well, since basically the start of 2017. A little bit before, actually. Three, three-ish, no, four-ish, four-ish years, something like that. Yeah, it's coming up to, yeah, I think we've, we've been kind of out since Q3, Q4 of 2016. But the, the galling thing for us is obviously we're looking like a lot of people because we're talking about stamp duty holidays, which is something else for us to talk about. But because we haven't had what's termed as a primary residence for over three years, we still have to pay that additional stamp duty. So obviously, if we're looking in the south and south east, that the first 500k attracts 3% charge. And after 500,000, it attracts 8%. Yeah, so the normal 5% plus the the 3% of the additional charge. Yeah. Yeah. So so for us even now, you know, yes there's still there still could be quite a big saving, but there will be still stamp duty to pay. So I'm just bringing that up because I think that's interesting for anyone else that might be I have heard of a couple of people that uh, you know have moved out of their let's say marital home and gone somewhere else and rented out their home because they've either gone traveling or they've moved away for work or whatever. And that has happened too. So I'm raising it because it's still quite an interesting one because it's a question that does come up. So, which is, do I need to pay stamp duty? And the answer is most likely yes. Yeah, exactly. Because it's it's not linked to uh, whether you're buying your own home, as in somewhere for you to live particularly. It's much more linked to, do you have other properties already? Mm. And of course, as you say, if you've, if you have a main residence that you sell and then you're buying another one, that's sort of a, a special case, but there's a, a time limit on it. Yeah. So as you can imagine, we've investigated a number of different avenues, but um, they all lead back to paying the tax man, unfortunately. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, first world problems. We, we, are, we are selling one. We are selling yes, one of our properties. You, you have last, uh, last time we talked about an offer you'd had on your Croydon based flat. Uh, which I, I hope is is still in progress. But um, moving on from that, you've got another offer for your Richmond uh, studio flat. I think this one isn't it. So how's how's that progressed and and how did that come about? Yeah, so fingers crossed on the the Croydon one. That's as far as we know going through. So we're hoping to try and get that completed before Christmas. It's um not been the greatest of projects to be honest it's one of those that we we talk about you either succeed or learn let's just say i've done a crap load of learning on this particular project so if if we can sell it i'll i'll be happy it won't uh, won't make the money we were were hoping to make 
the the personal flat we we ended up putting on with a second agent it's in the kingston area and we decided to put it on with an agent that has access to the asian market i.e uh, sort of china hong kong because uh, and uh, korea because there is quite a big uh, south korean community in the kingston area and i I thought, why not? Let's have a look at it because they are native speakers and attract a lot of people. I don't actually know where the investor came from. So the property, as we mentioned before, studio flat, it's, it's, it's around 30 meters square. It was always going to be a property that gets bought by either a first-time buyer or an investor. It just happens an investor came in. We were very fortunate with the uh, estate agent. Uh, again, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to jinx the, the, the sale <laughs> of the property, but... When they were walking around, the purchaser expressed an interest and the estate agent, again, doing a really good job, said, well, if you want to make an offer, make an offer. But I would, you know, I wouldn't muck around. I would just give them the offer that you think is acceptable. And they offered asking price. So we're, we're happy with that. It mm. was up for a bit higher. We think it's, it's a reasonable price as well. And we know that because there is a comparable property within the same building and we know ours is better. And we are only slightly higher than that. So so we know we, we are on the market for the right price. It's just a tricky market. So, yeah, so that's really good news for us. And again, because it's an investor, we're hoping that that, that uh, concludes before Christmas would be the plan. Mm, do you know if they're buying cash or, or with mortgage? I'm not sure. I want to say, I th- I think it's, I think they do have a mortgage in principle. Yeah, I'm, I'm right again. Well, I'm, I'm not naming names, so I, you know. <laughs> but I, I know they're going for quite a, a low LTV. So I, I think, again, fingers crossed that that would hopefully give it more chance of of progressing through the system. Because as we know right now, the, the high LTV products are are, get, are are less likely to succeed at the at the current time. Now you said. Um, going through before Christmas. Now, mm. as as we currently record, Christmas is less than two months away. I think that's very optimistic for something that's only just started. <laughs> and I think you've been been reading some uh, reporting along similar lines, haven't you? Do you want to, to give us a, a little bit of a an intro to uh, to what you've been reading before I uh, add in my anecdotal bits and bobs? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So, so you're absolutely right. I mean, I am a glass half full kind of guy. I think what gives me confidence on our purchases, just to put it out there, is number one on the Croydon property, it's a cash buyer, which removes a certain amount of paperwork and bureaucracy. And we are doing everything we can to push that through for a number of reasons. Well, obviously, we, we want to sell. We always want to sell quickly. And because the, the purchaser on uh, Kingston, again, because they're an investor, they're quite keen to get this done. We've been quoted eight to 10 weeks. We'll, we'll see what happens. As you and I know very, very well, and I'm sure most of the listeners to this show know, once it goes into conveyancing, it's a bit of a bit of a black box combobulator that can take a bit longer than we would like. <laughs> That's me being diplomatic today because it's, uh, it's early. I'm going to be diplomatic. But what I was reading over the weekend, which was quite interesting, and this comes from uh, the... Director of Delivery at the Conveyancing Association, who said the average time taken to get to a procedable offer was now 77 days. So 
just to apply the caveat very quickly there, that is an average. So there'll be lots of variance across that, but we're working with what we've got. So 77 days to get to a procedable offer. So you're talking about two months just to get to an offer. And from there to exchange was another 123 days, which uh, even with my simple maths, makes exactly 200 days. Now, whether that's calendar or work days, I haven't clarified, but either way, we're talking... You, you've got to hope that's calendar days. I mean, that's just such a long time. I, I'm thinking days. it is. It, it must just be number of days if you're looking at that. So let's assume that. But either way, it's a bloody long time. And if it you is. think uh, that we're that we're all rushing for March the 31st deadline, well, as, as it says in the article, which is fairly apparent, is that uh, that takes you well past March the 31st. So... Yeah, I think the uh, well. First, first of all, I'm I would question slightly the 77 days for a procedural offer. I, mean, mm, I, I don't know quite how they're defining that, but the certainly in in the recent market stats coming out of elsewhere that I've seen have suggested that the time on market, so from a listing a property to take it off the market with a, a sold subject to contract or what have you has been in the region of 30-ish days. Um, it varies depending on the property type and location and things like that, obviously, but, but the average has been, has been coming down to as little as about 30-ish days. So that, that's a big difference from 77. But that said, it's still a reasonable while. I mean, 30-ish days, a month, that's still quite a while. And then when you have to add that on to the 120-something days or, well, that's four months pretty much, isn't it? Um, for the actual conveyancing process to take place, it's still nearly half a year to to sell a property and actually complete the process, which mm-hmm. is a, a long time. And I've seen some headlines elsewhere recently. Unfortunately, unlike you, I don't have have the reference material in front of me, so I can't quote it. But I think yes, I know. I'm sorry, it's, it's a, <laughs> a poor show. But, um, I think the figures were something in the region of over three hundred and fifty thousand property transactions that they were estimating people were hoping or wanting to try and get the stamp duty holiday or take advantage of the stamp duty holiday and they were likely to miss the deadline so that's a lot of property transactions that are are going to be uh, saddled with some some extra tax if if nothing changes to the the current deadline for, for the stamp duty yeah and a- anecdotally as well I'm- I mean, I've experienced it. I have looked at a number of um, products in the in in the last few months. But in equally speaking with people locally, speaking with people in the co working space, their property purchase fell through because they couldn't get in quotes a procedural offer. So they might have had, I assume, they got an agreement in principle. I don't know, but I assume they had an agreement or a decision in principle. But their challenge was. And I believe the bank was na- nationwide. Was that when push came to shove, they couldn't get the final offer. They kept coming back with queries, and I believe again this was this was a ninety percent loan to value pr- product, which which we now know banks are reticent to. Yeah, that, to that's provide. a riskier end, isn't it? So. And, and the challenge is that what I what I was reading again is that 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 banks don't want to be top of those charts anymore. So right now they don't want to be top of the interest rate charts because 
of COVID. I mean, let's uh, let's leave that one to let's park that one. Let's not go there. We don't <laughs> have the time. If but if if we agree with that, that um, that it's all COVID related. Not they are busy. You know, there, there is a glut of people. There's a you know, you've got the perfect storm of lots of people wanting mortgages and probably fewer people to handle them and also handling them at home because they're not in an office space. All of a sudden, you've got uh, an increased, or, or sorry, should I say, a, a lack of capability within or appetite within the banks to want more business right now. So, so the, the procedable offer bit, whilst I think 77 days is excessive, and I think, I mean, they're saying that's an average, and I don't know where all the stats come from. I do think it's excessive, but I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility, given what I've seen, read, and heard in the in the last few months. Yeah, I mean, in actual fact, just between us, we've got we've got three examples. We should probably work out our numbers. Do you do you know how long your your two flats were on the market before they they received their offers that you you are currently hoping to proceed with? <laughs> As in from offer acceptance or from just from putting it onto the market? But between the, the number of days from putting it on the market to accepting the offer. Well, Croydon, I would say the best part of three months. Okay. And for Kingston, I would say two. No, it would have been longer than two. Probably, probably two. Probably again closer to two and a half because I remember thinking it's been on for ten weeks and we used a different angel. So I would say twelve weeks. So virtually three months again. Okay, well we'll go for we'll go for slightly less than three months just to to try and and work it out. So at the other end of the scale, mine was on for six days. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not 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 wanting to rub that in or anything, but well, you are, um, you are. <laughs> Well, when we work out the average from that, that comes out at 59 days. So that's, that's a, a terribly small sample with a, an exceptionally meaningless average. But, <laughs> it's, um, but it's actually longer than I was expecting it to be. Uh, so we're, we're more towards the 77 than we are the 30-odd the um, of the, the other stats I've seen of late. Yeah. So Interesting. In there a, you go. Actually, not very meaningful way. But <laughs> like you say, it's an exceptionally meaningless stat. I like that. I think <laughs> I think we should proceed most stats with this stat is exceptionally meaningless, but we're going to use it anyway. Well, um, to tease next week, I'm expecting to have some some stats ready for us to, to chat about. Hopefully they won't be entirely meaningless, but um, but we'll leave that up to the listeners to, to decide. <laughs> You're just hoping that there's no one listening by now, so we can't hold you to account. But I will personally hold you to account on behalf of the listener <laughs> what to make sure i come up with some very meaningless stats <laughs> yeah i shall uh, I, I shall make sure that i deliver something close <laughs> <laughs> it's already gotten very ambiguous <laughs> that's the idea <laughs> and on that note i think it's time that we finish up so that just leaves me to say Thank you very much for, for listening. And if you've been enjoying the show, please do let someone else know about it or drop us a quick note or review. We really do appreciate them. And show notes can be found at thebusinessproperty.com. We will talk to you again next week. <laughs>